0: Welcome back to Logan Theory. We have traditional and we have modern astrology. Which one's correct? Well, If you are taking any of my classes or if you've been following me, then you know that I use some sort of hybrid version of modernized astrology. But it's important to understand the role of traditional astrology. And we hear about traditional Hellenistic, Vedic, and then of course, modern astrology. And there's a history to each one. And I think it's important for you to understand this so that you can know why I've chosen to use what I use, which is really a derivative of of three of these, right? Vedic kind of sits on its own and I'll tell you why in just a moment. Uh, My system is based off of my own experiences. I put it all together and I found A happy medium of things that work and anything that didn't work, I discarded, right? And that was extremely important to me. Now, as we move on and talk about these, traditional astrology has been around for a very, very long time. And to be fair, so has Vedic astrology. They've been around. Now, Vedic astrology has changed recently, and I'll tell you about that in a moment. But traditional astrology was based on Babylonian principles and eventually mixed with Egyptian deconic astrology to create horoscopic astrology, which is what we have today. We have a derivative of it in every single one of these astrological platforms. Horoscopus, and I'm sure I didn't say that right, is a Greek word for hour marker, and this is exactly why if you're reading a horoscope, you need to be using your ascendant because the ascendant is the time, the hour of the time that you were born, and it is literally how astrology was created. So when newspapers came along and perverted it and bastardized astrology and told you to use your sun sign and you've been doing that, you've been doing it wrong. Not only is it incorrect, but it also doesn't go deep enough to be personalized, but that's for another episode. Hellenistic astrology is basically traditional astrology. It just happens to be that it was created in the late Hellenistic period. And this was from the 1st to 2nd century BC all the way up to the 6th to 7th century AD. And from about that point, not that it vanished, but it kind of trickled off and then it had its reemergence recently where we uh, have people who still use it. And look, this entire thing between which astrological system is the best one, the correct one, the right one, the whatever, is such a hot topic button. In the astrological community, the debate is rageful. I do not partake in any of this. I use my system. I tell you what mine is. If you continue to use yours, if you can get accurate 100% results off of your system, then bless you, use it but if you can't, this is really what contributes to the stigma around astrology, which I talked about on a previous episode here. And when we do talk about Vedic astrology, which really has nothing to do with my conversation, but it's important to understand that Vedic astrology actually changed over the years. And some people don't even acknowledge this, that it may even be the oldest system of astrology. No one actually knows, but it's based off of the Vedas, which is the Indian system. Uh, It's an ancient system of knowledge. And around the time that the tropical system and the sidereal system, which Vedic uses, aligned with the constellations, which was right around the time, a little over 2000 years ago, where AD and BC met. Um, They actually adopted traditional practices of astrology into the Vedic system and created the modernized Vedic system that we have today. So it has changed over the years and it is based off of the same type of principle, but sidereal astrology uses the astronomical positions by factoring in the precession of the equinoxes, whereas Western tropical doesn't, it's more about the relationship of the planet to uh, you, to earth, because it is geocentric. Um, In terms of modern astrology, William Allen, who monikered himself as Allen Leo, you can guess what month he was born, was known as the father of modern astrology. He was born sometime in the mid-1800s and practiced astrology into the early to mid 1900s and then along came Evangeline Adams around that time in the 1900s who popularized and became the godmother of modern astrology being the astrologer to such big names in the financial and entertainment sectors and then like I said newspapers entertainment media came in and perverted the hell out of astrology for money and amusement And now we have pop culture BS all over the internet, all over TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, doesn't really matter where, even in supposed good astrology, you know, teaching books that you'll find in the bookstore, it's really pop culture nonsense. You have to be really careful when you're trying to learn real astrology. A lot of people out there just like it. Oh, I'm a Virgo, so I'm this. And then other people like, I'm a Virgo and I'm not that. And it's like, well, pop culture astrology has lied to you, right? It doesn't factor in anything personal, which is goes along the same lines of horoscopes as well. Like those general blanket statements People are like, oh, it's hit or miss. It's almost like gambling to them, uh, which is why it continues on. Now, I want to talk a bit about this modern um, astrology that we have here because my system that I have created is based off of a, a version of modern astrology, right? And traditional astrology was required to be able to get from not knowing anything, to understanding it. yes, we used Sirius as the main star at one point to guide us and understand that the energies of the cosmos had an important impact and effect on our daily lives, the things that we did, our life purpose, and our forward motion and progress. This is how the pyramids happened. This is how, I mean, I'm not even going to list it out. This is how a lot of things in the world happened, was based off astrology. We don't know because a lot of the astrology and the math was lost, uh, and then, you know, even, even something as simple as Placidus' house system, which is trying to resolve a passage from Ptolemy's second century work, and it didn't work, right? We, we've already debunked Placidus a million times. And t- just to, to continue a second on the house system thing, traditional Hellenistic, even Vedic astrology is all based off of the, the Babylonian principle of whole science house system. The new house systems, all of them, there's a ridiculous amount of them, are all based on summer time, space quadrant, whatever, and they have no place. It's just wrong math, and that's really what I've come to as a conclusion. Now, there's some people who will sit there and say equal science forever, or Coke, or you know whatever. Some people are still fighting Placidus, even though Elvis Presley was not a musician, not a famous musician anyway. Uh, In Placidus, it takes a stretch of the imagination to show that he was a musician in that house system We've debunked it a million times Robin Williams didn't have depression and I've gone through so many different celebrities people that have Have lived and we see their charts and when you compare Placid to whole signs It is a no-brainer which system is wrong and which one is right There is a wrong or right or there would not be a stigma around astrology Astrology has its hit or miss tendency because the systems are not 100%, which is why I created my own. Now, when you move forward and you start talking about the planets themselves, this is really where Hellenistic traditional, actually, there's one other thing. Before I get to planets, there's one other thing. It's actually something that really bothers me on a very personal level. Vedic astrology, traditional and Hellenistic astrology all have a very, very hyper negative approach and a very concrete approach to astrology, to life, to energy as a whole. They say this is happening to you and there's nothing you can do about it. They say Mars and Saturn are malefics. They are evil planets. Be careful when they're here because when this happens, bad stuff happens in your life. But Venus and Jupiter are always good. So as long as they're around, you're A-OK. And then it goes further into essential dignities, which is planetary uh, placements in certain signs being better or worse than another one. And it really ruins somebody's psyche. It's not true, it doesn't play out that way. There are differences in everything. My biggest problem with like Mars and Saturn being bad planets, inherently bad, is that Saturn rules focus and long-term goals. So every single thing you think about doing long-term is bad. Mars is you. It is your physical body, it's your action. Everything you do is bad based off of what they say. It doesn't make any sense. No, Jupiter, you can get fat off of Jupiter. Jupiter's expansive and if it's on your ascendant or touching Venus or a certain place aspect in your sixth house, you may end up with diseases, health issues, um, a gluttonous issue. Jupiter is not always good. It just it has its traits and its principles. And yes, it does rule luck and abundance because of its growth properties. And when it's situated in a positive way, it feels really good. That's why Jupiter returns tend to in most people's charts end up being a really good time uh, a few months every 12 years, right? So that's the big thing that bothers me is just this approach i know because i use astrology in my own life that i can manifest which means i can change the direction of the energy and the older systems make it feel like free will is not a thing everything is destiny and fate and if either you're destined to have a good life you're destined to have a bad life and i truly simply do not believe that that is the case right manifestation is key so mindset is a huge part of this, right? I hate that negative stuff. Bring in the positivity while acknowledging the negative things that can happen is important. So when we get back into what I was talking about before, which are the planets themselves, let's take Venus. Venus rules two signs, but Venus itself means value. And whether you're talking about traditional or modern astrology, it still rules two signs, which are Taurus and Libra and it is value, whether it is value in a tangible sense or an intangible sense, it still is, right? Tangibly being food, comfort, money, self-worth. I know that doesn't feel tangible, but it's all part of that same Taurus thing, even mother nature. It is value, it is beauty. And on the other side, that beauty goes into fashion, relationships, design, that is over here. Even legal stuff, that is what Libra is, and that is the value, right? When we move on to Mercury, it rules two signs in both systems again, which are Gemini and Virgo. And Mercury is the mind. It is everything that is a mental process. And you think, well, how can that be for health? Well, health, The mind controls the body. The body does not control the mind. So you can actually heal many illnesses simply by believing that you are not sick. And people think that that is, you know, hokum, that is woo-woo stuff, but it is not. The mind controls the body 100%. And you can get a hold of it if you have faith and belief, mentally speaking. If you think you're sick, you're going to manifest being sick. It's the way it is, that is what hypochondria is, and hypochondriacs do tend to be sick more, so then they think they're going to get sick, and it's a vicious cycle for these people. It has to do with communication. It has to do with our siblings. The duality, which is the Gemini sign, the duality of the left brain, right brain here, and things that are of close nature like siblings and local environment. And then over here with health, work, uh, pets, things of that nature, it's all mind stuff as well, right? So then we have Gemini and we have Virgo there. Even ones that do not rule two signs like the sun, which is fifth house Leo stuff, uh, it's all about life and youth. It's all about life and vitality. Children, romance, entertainment, gambling, recreation, even people who are taking risks say, I feel alive because that's what the sun is all about. And the irony, I want to point this out here, I may have said it before, but the irony about the sun is that that pop culture astrology that is always based off of the sun placement, right? Oh, if you're a sun in Virgo, all sun signs here. If you have the, right, it's always based off of the sun placement. I don't like this place, this person, because they are born between this time, which gives them a sun of this sign. But the irony is that the average person, most readings that I end up doing, they actually neglect their sun. The thing that makes them feel alive, they kind of put down and they do all this duty type stuff and they do for others or they even do for themselves, but like in a monotony way, right? It it doesn't actually make them feel alive. They don't connect to their inner child. And that's the irony is that as much focus as we seem to put on the sun, it's always the most neglected planet when I'm doing readings. So make sure that you are not neglecting what makes you feel alive and what makes you feel young, because that is what life is all about. And this is why it rules children. This is why it rules recreation and entertainment. This is the fun part of life, right? Not to say that children are always fun. They're always beautiful and amazing. But sometimes you have to do the duty, the duty duty sometimes as well. Okay. So let's move on to what differentiates traditional and modern astrology aside from mindset here and that are that is the absence of the last three planets anything after Saturn is not acknowledged because it's supposedly too far away to have any bearing even though certain stars like Sirius are sometimes used and that's much further away uh, they say I guess because of the size but this is this is where it gets weird for me because if you, look at what those rulerships are they are opposites okay so we're talking about the last three planets which are uranus neptune and pluto and they rule scorpio aquarius and pisces respectively so these three planets these three signs right so we omit those and we bring in traditional rulerships again this is the biggest differentiator aside from mindset if you're talking about scorpio's energy Traditional astrologers, Hellenistic astrologers use Mars. Mars is action, it rules Aries. Now when it rules Aries, we get it. It's action, it's drive, it's passion, it's sex, it's it's anger, it is go, it is me. It's a very selfish, self-centric energy. But when you're talking about Scorpio and they use Mars for Scorpio, thinking that it's a different octave of Mars, it becomes a problem for me. Because A, it doesn't play out that way. But B, more importantly, theologically speaking, Mars rules me, Pluto, and Scorpio rule other people, other people's assets, joint stuff, Uh, and rage, which I almost said for Mars. But anger and rage are not the same. Rage has to do with things that are repressed deep down. Scorpio and Pluto are the ruler of the underworld. It is Everything is deep down hidden and secretive. And if you actually take a look astronomically at what Pluto is, it is shrouded in secrecy. We do not know what it is. We keep reclassifying it. It's a dwarf planet. It's not a planet. It's an asteroid, a comet. It's a planet. It's a full planet. No, it's back down to... we. I don't even know what it is today, to be completely honest. But more importantly, if you look at the properties of Pluto... Mars is hot, is considered hot, right? The actual planet is colder than Earth, but it's considered hot when you're talking about the sign. Pluto is considered cold, literal opposites. And also, the debris that is around Pluto has not been subsumed into the planet, which is why the planet sits there as a small whatever it is. And this is different from all the other planets. It's hidden, it seems to be comfortable with all the debris around it, and that's the shared resources property of Pluto. But it is also dirty, it is also secretive, it is also manipulative and obsessive. Whereas Mars is not, doesn't care about you, Mars is all about what I want. Pluto is overly dramatized and overly um, invested in other people's stuff, oftentimes. When you read Scorpio in a chart, it is somebody else's something that we are talking about. So therefore Mars cannot rule Scorpio and you can't use both. There are no two planets ruling one sign. It's one or the other because they are opposites. It doesn't make sense for both. Moving forward to Aquarius, same type of deal. Is it Saturn or is it Uranus? Well, Saturn rules Capricorn. We know that that's the same in both systems. Saturn is about the past. It's about karma. It is about long-term goals. It is about father time. It's about a authority. It's about structure. It's about keeping things the status quo and having things as they are. Right? Uranus or Aquarius, which in modern rulership is Uranus, is about breaking down that structure and getting rid of things that are outmoded and outdated and moving forward, being progressive, the future. It is not about what we have, but what we can have. This is why friendships which we know come in and out of our lives are a part of it as opposed to family and hard work and career, which it opposes cancer for that reason. It's not about those things, it's about change. So you can't have something that's about the past and something that's about the future ruling the same sign. And you can't have a a planet that rules the past ruling a sign of the future, right? It's not a different octave, it's a different planet. And then even the planet Uranus is twisted on its side. It is completely different and eccentric, and this is also why it rules electricity and things of an electrical nature as well. Again, the future. Moving forward to Pisces. Jupiter versus Neptune. Okay. Jupiter ruling Sagittarius makes perfect sense. It is the physical world's philosophy, and expansion. It is the spiritual sense on a real practical level as a belief system of your mind in the world. It is expansive. It is about luck and abundance, and it is everything big. That is Jupiter. Coming over to Pisces is all about confinement, isolation. That's why it rules hospitals and jails. It is about dreams and ethereal things. It's about creativity that doesn't come from your tangible self. It comes in channels through you, film, media, dance, music. That is what it all rules. That's the same thing that Neptune rules. Neptune is the ruler of the sea, of water, right? And while Jupiter is all about expansion, Neptune and, and uh, Pisces are about contraction. Jupiter's about go, learn more, be more, what else is out there? Pisces and Neptune are all about, we gotta wrap this up, we gotta close, we gotta connect to the universe and get away from the material world, pull in our spirituality and close down this cycle and end it so that Aries can start the new cycle. These are opposites. You cannot have opposites ruling the same sign and this is what ends up happening. Understanding that traditional, even Hellenistic astrology during its time period has contributed greatly into our understanding of astrology now, but it is not accurate. It is old, outmoded, outdated, does not work because we know that there's more and more and more to learn. And if you discard Everything that is new and only stick with what is old, you will never have progress. Astrologically speaking, traditional and Hellenistic astrology is stuck in the past. The reason why it is not 100% accurate is because we know more. Even my system one day will be old, antiquated, and outmoded, and I hope it is because I hope we expand and we learn more and we can govern ourselves with the understanding of the flexibility or malleability of astrology, that we see more things, that we contribute them, that we notice more things, that I create a network of astrologers who are future-oriented, who come up with their own theories and their own trial and errors, and the things that work 100% of the time are included in the future of astrology. That we, we have to also address this, though. We cannot go too far into progressive la-la land craziness, right? Anything that ends up being too future-oriented can veer off the path real quick because sometimes they don't bring it back to a sense of reality. And what I mean by this is there are some people out there who believe that Lilith rules Libra, and that Chiron rules Virgo. Now, those two planets, the technically comets, asteroids, they, well, the classification has changed, so I'll leave that ambiguous, but those two celestial bodies do not have the same qualities, generally speaking, You know, they're trying to use Chiron as the healing for the health of Virgo, but they're ignoring the work, they're ignoring the communication within work, they're ignoring the organization, they're ignoring the criticism and the attention, the detail that Mercury has, but Chiron does not. Lilith simply doesn't make any sense. Lilith, I'm assuming they're talking about BML, Black Moon Lilith, which is a point that is the apogee of the moon, which is a lunar property which doesn't have to do with relationships, has to do with emotions. So that's a whole other thing. If they're talking about the asteroid, then that is fairly, like very rarely used. So I'm not really sure how they got that, why they're going that direction, but that's a taking a turn to Crazy Town. Don't go that way. Come back, and once you start factoring that in, it doesn't make sense anyway. If you try to use Chiron's placement or Lilith's placement for people who are born, it's it's too, too vague, too broad, and just inaccurate. So I do understand the oddity of not having uh, one planet per sign. That's really what they're trying to do, is they're trying to say, hey, there's not enough planets for 12 signs, so let's find other things. But it just, it works. When you understand that Gemini ruling, uh, Mercury ruling Gemini and Virgo, that communication and work are at a square, at a friction, and that creates progress and action, it makes a lot of sense. When you talk about tangible versus intangible, like your stuff versus your partnership and how they don't understand each other as a second and seventh house quincunx with Venus placements, it makes sense. So this is the difference between modern and traditional astrology. I hope this was helpful. Like I said, traditional astrology absolutely has set the foundation that has brought us to where we are with astrology, but we must move forward. My system has taken a hybrid of all these different things, raised the mindset, raised the vibration, and has allowed us to set ourselves on a path forward so that we can vibe higher.